Uh, please open your copies of God's Word to Acts uh, chapter 15 before we go to Ephesians chapter 6. Acts chapter 15 and the, the closing verses, and we will read from verse 35, please. Acts chapter 30, um, 15, reading from verse 35. Acts 15, verse 35. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, or Cilicia, uh, confirming the churches. Amen. And turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, please. Ephesians chapter 6. We read from verse 14. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly, to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly, as I ought to speak. But that ye also may know my affairs, and how I do, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Amen. And it is with the Lord's uh, gracious help this evening that we will look at those verses 21 and 22 as we come to uh, the very end uh, of the letter, except for his well wishes and his benediction, which we will look at separately. <coughs> but verses 21 and 22 we read again. But that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, 
that you might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. Now, we read last time uh, that the, the apostle made a personal request for prayer. He'd spoken previously about prayer, how important prayer was, and then he <clears throat> made that personal request, having given the command, apostolic command, apostolic authority, that we should pray for all saints with all supplications in the Spirit. And then he says, and for me, and for me in verse 19. And he continues this personal note in the two verses that we've just read together, uh, a personal note. He's sending the Reverend Tychicus to the Ephesian believers to do what? Well, actually to give a full ministerial report. Uh, and why is that? Well, so that they may be informed of what Paul, uh, of what the Apostle Paul's ministry consists of, what's been happening. Uh, that they may know of the affairs of, of other ministers in general. We see it's not just about Paul. He doesn't just say uh, that they may know my affairs and how I do, but he moves on to say that he shall make known to you all things that you might know our affairs, he says in verse 22. So it's, it's about all the apostles, all the ministers. Maybe it would include uh, matters to do with uh, Timothy. Um, they're in Crete and in other places and other congregations, maybe some information they need to know about Antioch and what's happening there. But why would that be? Well, so that, and this is a summary of everything we're going to look at really this evening, is so that they would be encouraged, forearmed, forewarned, um, aware of everything that is happening. Uh, but that encouragement, as we see at the end of verse 22, that he might comfort your hearts, that we see that the faithful witness of God's work through his gospel, that the gospel continues in spite of everything. There in this terribly pagan uh, Roman and Greek or Greco-Roman world and then the Middle East with its bizarre cults. And so that's why he wants to, he wants to write these things to them. And so he's already sent uh, Tychicus to them uh, to give soon, not yet it seems, but soon he would be sent to them uh, to give a ministerial report. The imminent ministerial report is what I've entitled this message, the imminent, it's about to happen soon, uh, this report of the gospel ministry. And in three points then, very briefly, we see firstly the details for prayer. The details for prayer. And you say, did he mention prayer in these verses? Well, this follows hard on from verse 20, from verse 20 and verse 19, which is about his, his need of prayer. And so he now goes on to say, and by the way, I've sent Tychicus to give you all the details, all matters about how am I doing and how the ministries, we see that there is a, there is a genuine contextual link here. And I said that those, three, those, those, those things that he says in, in verses 21 and 22, that, but that you may also know my affairs and how I do, and shall make known to you all things, the church in general, that you might know our affairs. Maybe we could be very strict how we apostles are doing, but we could be broader in how we uh, gospel preachers are doing. And we know that he wears many hats. He is an apostle. We read that he's an ambassador. We know that he is a missionary. He is a, a gospel preacher. He is a minister. And Paul wants them to have a lot more details than they do, and more details than he's putting in the closing, uh, uh, the closing portion of this epistle. He's only actually 
adding two verses here. In some other epistles, he adds a little more, uh, a number of details. But here, just two, uh, two, two verses which don't actually give much details, but have a lot of promise in them that details are forthcoming. That's what he's saying. The details, my beloved, are forthcoming, and I've sent Tychicus for that end. And we know that he does frequently end these epistles with these small personal touches. But Paul is fully aware that these pastoral epistles are not to be filled with details of his ministry. Well, there's the book of Acts for that. But it's to be filled with uh, the details of Christ's gospel and also the details of Paul applying the gospel to those various pastoral needs of the congregations he's writing to. So he knows his priorities. And so that's why it's, it's um, almost a minor point put in at the end. And he's allowing, he's sending Tychicus on for that reason to give that full report, physically send them. We, well, can you imagine then that Tychicus is of his, um, his help, one of his helpers there in Rome as he is in bonds, and he has sent him from Rome all the way to Ephesus. And that's quite a journey if you think about it. If you can imagine the boot of Italy, so he's, on, he's sort of where the knee is, um, in Rome, and then he's got to go, he'll either go across land and then go uh, over by sea, uh, across to Greece maybe, uh, all the way to Corinth inland, go over land to the second Corinth port and then sail across to what is Asia Minor. And this is, this is not just a two-hour horse ride, this is a, a journey of many weeks, but he's being sent to that and sent to this effect. So why is he sending them? Well, I would suggest to you, and as I've linked it with prayer already, so they would have the information for their prayer list. So they would have the information that was needed. So, they, they, so where he says, and for me, we say, well, we have all these details. We have all these details. And he, they would, Tychicus, and, and of course, would give many details about Paul's imprisonment, what was happening, um, uh, the news that that the household of Caesar, that there were these people who were coming to see him and and... He was hoping to maybe get the gospel into Nero's ears. But there were those that were of the household of Caesar uh, who were saved. And so even to the highest echelons, they may have only been servants and, and maybe not very high servants, maybe, maybe not as high as a chamberlain, but maybe as lowly as, as, as a cleaner or whatever. But still the gospel and the gospel believers were in the palace of Caesar in, in Rome, it would appear. And so they would receive that information. And so they would know uh, what to pray for. It's very easy, to, of course, to pray in a very general way. We know, and that's why we have the missionary prayer list, that's why we have the general North American prayer list, that we'd have some details of what we would pray for. And it's easy to pray in a very general way, and we often do, because we don't have the details. So we might pray for the work in Jamaica, we might pray for the work in the Dominican Republic, and, and we may barely know the name of the minister. The Lord knows. The Lord knows the name of the minister. The Lord knows the details and the needs. However, it is very good to know them ourselves, and we will look at that, uh, in, I think, in more detail shortly. But even when we're, if, if we're very vague, though, these, these prayers can be a little bit vague and unfocused themselves. And then, I would say this, if, if, the, if the prayer is general and maybe negatively vague, it, it means that we can be a bit insecure about how the Lord's answering them. 
But if we know that we've been, at, we've been praying for the health of the wife of the minister, and her name is this, and this was a health complaint, and we've been praying for week upon week, and then we get a report that that has been healed, that's a great encouragement. That that thing, specifically what we're praying for, uh, has, been, has been answered. And that will encourage us that our prayers are specifically, our specific prayers are specifically answered. And, and what we also notice here is that the, is the apostle is not holding himself aloof. He's not, he's not, he's not lifting himself and, and making himself some distant sort of uh, saintly figure away from them as if he has no problems and has no needs, or as I've written here, some sort of super saint. He's certainly not what the Roman Catholic Church have made of him. He's a man saved by grace. He's had a great uh, Hebrew and theological uh, foundation as a Pharisee, but that's all been sanctified uh, by the gospel and by, uh, by direct revelation of Jesus Christ. And he just wants the people to know what he's been doing. And he certainly wants them to know the difficulties. Because he says, but that you also may know my affairs and how I do, how it's going with me the difficulties I'm having, uh, the sleepless nights maybe. So it, there's not a holier-than-thou mask that he's wearing. Uh, and we know that from elsewhere in the New Testament. He's very honest about the shipwrecks, about the beatings, about the disappointments, about the fears that he suffered. We can often, and there are, there are parts of Christianity, and <laughs> the charismatic world is one of them, but there are other places as well where, where they have the idea that once you're a Christian, it's a bed of roses, there are no problems, and if you have any problems, shut up, say nothing, because your testimony is always to be happy and shiny, and, and, and you know, life with Jesus is great, come, come to Jesus, because everything is great. Well, everything is fantastic with the Lord, because he's carrying me through the terrible problems that I have in life. That's true Christian witness. That in spite of all the problems that I honestly have, honestly have, and I'll put my hand up to my neighbors and say, these things are difficult, but I'm not destroyed because Christ is with me. That is the true witness. Not that I always have a Joel Osteen smile on my face all the time and pretend that life is a bed of roses when we are in a state of sin and misery that the Lord is coming to remove and wipe away from the earth. So we're not having this. And we know there are, there are in some churches where the minister is sort of held very aloof and very afar off and there's hardly any personal contact with them. Not so with Paul. Not so with Paul. Being very honest. So the details for prayer, we could have mentioned more. But secondly, an open report. An open report. And, th and those three phases, phrases, again, that we have in these two verses, uh, but that ye also may know my affairs and how I do, shall make, and, and then what uh, Tychicus will do, shall make known to you all things. And thirdly, that ye might know our affairs. So th th those verses reveal unto us uh, what the Apostle Paul's expectation of the Reverend Tychicus was to send him that, those, those thousands of miles. And let me just consider what that would be. That might be a couple of thousand miles in total. And what was he to do? To give a full and open ministerial report uh, concerning the apostle, concerning the work in Rome, and no doubt concerning other information as well. And not just giving those few highlights, like we got these new converts, or how, how many new converts, you know, uh, 
20 people, you know, put up their hand or, or not, 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 don't believe that Paul ever did an altar call, by the way, but, but how many converts there were, how many new church buildings there were, or how many new congregations had been started, not just those highlights and positive highlights, but the challenges in the ministry as well, because there were challenges in the ministry. Because being open and honest is something that is demanded of all Christians, whether they bear an office or not. All Christians, there is really this in the Church of Christ. Whether we're Jew or Gentile, whether we're male or female, whether we're bond or free, this is, this is, this is the truth in the body of Christ. Yet in the church there is structure and order and there is oversight, but that doesn't diminish, and that's true, there is authority, but that doesn't diminish the truth for every believer uh, being on, on, on one level. And so, if every believer is to walk in the light, then that means the apostles are to walk in the light, and, and Reverend Tychicus is to walk in the light. And when they speak about their ministry, they're not just going to put nice little tiny bows on it and put, sprinkle some tinsel on it and make it all nicer than it actually is. It's to open the whole thing up and say, well, this is what we've got here. Uh, that's not so good. Pray for that, please. Uh, this is going very well. We, we praise the Lord for this. Uh, and this, well, we still don't know. And just being, just being honest. Obviously, when you, when you, if you're talking about very personal, private matters of another person, then, then that's a private business. Then that's, and then you wouldn't be just talking about that. But in general, everything else should be brought to the light. So the, ch- the, the, the challenges there are in, in the ministry. So even in an organization like a church with its board, its session, um, the presbytery, uh, the mission, Activity is it's good to know uh, as much as you can, as much as is relevant, as much as may be public. And the more that, therefore, that we are aware of the challenges and the difficulties, the disappointments, uh, the encouragements in, in a ministry, brings us back to the first point, the more we can pray specifically, the more we can be very exact. And, and as I said, this is, this is Paul's point. That, that, that he will send them with that information. But also this, that we are informed that the church does have struggles, that the church does have difficulties, that the ministers, that the congregations have these various difficulties. And we understand this from 2,000 years ago, and it is still the case now, that the church has ever struggled internally and with external pressures and difficulties. Because yet yeah, the world is... The, the world and the devil uh, and the flesh are so strong outside, but we've been saved from the world, but we still have our great difficulties with the flesh, the devil and the world inside. So we're not to have a sort of Disney idea of the church, if I may use that, but, you know, sort of a, a happy, technical, uh, rose-colored uh, glasses view of the church, and even acknowledge as we read, in Acts 15, which is why we read from Acts 15, and we saw it with Saul, uh, with, with, with what's the word? Paul and Barnabas, uh, two godly men, two men that loved the Lord, two men that were desirous to preach the gospel and to teach the churches, but they disagreed on taking Mark with them. John Mark had, had disappointed them. He hadn't, he, he hadn't been a faithful worker on the mission field then, and, and Paul was concerned, well, I'm not, he's a, he's a dead weight. 
I'm not taking him with me now. And so he thought no, and, and Barnabas thought, yes, let's give him a second chance. But they disagreed. And good and faithful men can have honest and deep disagreements. Now we know that that was resolved ultimately, that John Mark eventually did prove himself, that that, that temporary rift and argument was, 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 was healed. Uh, but they were both still faithful servants of God, as that word is used there of Tychicus, beloved and faithful. You could say that about Paul the Apostle and about Barnabas, and eventually you could say that about John Mark. So it, it gives us a full understanding, yet the church, the, the Lord is building the church in spite of us and still through us. And so it's good to have that realistic view of, of the church in general. Now we hope in the week of prayer, if we're going to give it an actual application here in the beginning of October, that we'll have a number of men uh, on the Tuesday evening who will give ministerial reports or give some information about, about the, the church or the mission station where they're working and what the Lord is doing. And I trust that they will also give the positives and the negatives. And therefore, we will also then be sitting with our bits of paper, writing down for our own prayer lists what our brother here needs and what, and what, and what our brother there needs. And that will be our ammunition for our own prayer lists, just to give it that direct application. So the details for prayer, an open report which feeds into giving us details for prayer again. And thirdly, and finally, the comforting of hearts. And so let, let's take the whole of these two verses together. And he begins with a but, but that ye also may know my affairs, in order that ye may also know my affairs, and how I do, Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose to make known to, to you all things, that you might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. And that, that is his whole point in, in, in having him sent, giving the reports, um, giving them the prayer list, as it were, that their hearts would be comforted, that they would be, in, well, comforted is the word he's got here. The comforting of the heart of the hearers, and in this case, the Ephesian Christians. Now, this word comfort is a very common word in, in, in the Greek New Testament, obviously the Greek version. And it's used in many places. It's also the same word that's used for one of the epithets of the Holy Ghost, the comforter. It's the same, same root word, the, uh, the comforter. But of course, that, that, when we read the word comfort with 21st century eyes, then we can be very limited in our understanding of what it means. It doesn't mean a fluffy blanket and a warm hot chocolate on a winter's evening. It has that element in there uh, of, of that sort of warm and comfort. But the word is actually a full, rich, strong word in the Greek uh, that has uh, a broader meaning. Uh, so we have the, word, they have the idea of something that comforts us. Uh, but the word itself considers exhortation. Think exhortation. What's got that? What's that to do with a nice, warm, fluffy blanket? Well, that's just the that's the full expanse of the word to exhort, to encourage, and even so far as rebuke, because the word comfort, at least the word comfort itself, which is a Roman Latin word and not a Greek word, means to strengthen. To strengthen. 
to give help where you're weak, to give you scaffolding where you feel as though you're going to fall down. So it's the, it's the comforters in the sense that you, you can't carry yourself anymore and a fellow soldier will pick you up and will carry you. There's that sort of idea to it as well. Um, so I would suggest that the fullness of the word's meaning is applicable here. Quite often we've got to try to understand from a word that has a, a, a rich variety of meanings which one is in the context here. Well, I, think, I think all of this is, is true when we, consider, when we consider this. So the people in, Ephesia, uh, in Ephesus and the, and the congregations in Ephesus and in the area around Ephesus... Tychicus has come and he would, he would give that report, he would say that you know, the gospel is unabated Paul is in bonds, he's literally in chains although he's living in his own apartment and we're managing to pay for it and the Roman soldiers are really helpful and they're really open to the gospel and, and he's managed to get some entrance into the household of Caesar and some people are being saved there and he has people coming around every single day and he's preaching the gospel and those who come to faith he's teaching and so actually it's, it's an apartment church that's, that's doing the church in Rome fantastic good. He himself is having difficulties, having those chains, and he's got to because that's part of the house arrest situation, and, and it's taking so long to see Nero and to have his audience and to be set free, and he may, he may be getting, I'm just adding to this now, but he may be getting down about this, whatever the details are, but he's giving that full uh, details. And so initially then we can say that God's people... Hearing of the conversions, hearing of the setbacks, hearing of the blessings are comforted to know that God's work is going forth unabated. It's still going forth in spite of the circumstances, the limiting circumstances, but the gospel is not limited. The gospel is not in bonds, even though Paul be. Souls are still being saved. And that the unity of the faith is, is although it's not always reflected in, in, uh, uh, amongst the, the, the members of the missionary team. There may be personality differences. We know that Paul mentions, um, I believe at the beginning of Philippians, he, he speaks about the fact that, I'm just going to check that I'm not going to be... Uh, yeah, indeed, Philippians. He speaks about there in, in chapter 1 and verse 14. He says, And many of the brethren the Lord waxing confident by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So, um, he, he, and that whole first chapter is, a, is an amazing uh, explanation. You, you have ministers with bad attitudes and bad motivations still preaching the gospel. And that's what Paul, in his bonds, rejoices in. That Christ is still preached, although they preach him with envy and they preach it with this as a motivation or something in the back of their head or whatever. And that could be speaking of Rome because he is in bonds in Rome. And he may be speaking to the Philippian church and, uh, and, and preachers around Philippi. That's not, that, that's not clear, but the truth is their unity that they have is still in Christ and in preaching the gospel. And so that's a comfort to the church. Even if they were to hear of Barnabas and Paul falling out over John Mark... And yet one went to Cyprus and all these were saved and the other went uh, on a second missionary journey elsewhere. So they're comforted by that truth. 
um, and we could go on and say, you know, in spite of the sin of the believer, even the believer in a ministry, that the Lord still works through that. Secondly, they're exhorted. Because with that information at hand and hearing of the things that are going well and still need God's blessing and still need God's protection, that they would continue well, and those things that are not going well, well, they're exhorted to keep on praying to pray for the Lord's work. Because now they know the names, they know the places, they may even know some faces, uh, they know the details, maybe the cities and the mission posts have been mentioned, and, uh, and so they're now they're exhorted also in that comfort uh, to pray for the people, and encouraged. I think we've mentioned this now a number of times. They can be encouraged because having taken all these things to prayer, then they may hear that those specific prayers are specifically Answered and so encouraged to abide in prayer, continue in prayer, and take up the mantle of prayer once again. If they let the mantle slip, uh, now that they've started praying for the missionaries again, and then they hear these good reports, and yeah, that's encouraging. It's encouraging to get back into into that prayer life, and and rebuke. Well, we could add that word rebuke if we consider uh, that they're rebuked, that they have gone cold in prayer that they have been less interested. But then Tychicus comes on, um, as we hope that men will come and the Reverend Boyle will come on the Lord's Day evening uh, and give that information about the work. And we would think, yeah, yeah, I've not been as attentive to the missionaries. I've not been as as attentive to the praying for the missionaries. Uh, But I'm strengthened, comforted in that way, and exhorted and even rebuked to take up prayer uh, once again, as I just mentioned. And so I think we can take the fullness of that word comfort and, and consider then uh, that their hearts would be comforted, their very inner person would be encouraged, not just an, an outer show, um, oh, that they would become no, more religious. That's not what he says. He says that, they, that he, that is Tychicus, might comfort your hearts. And so those two verses then, that you might, that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that you might know our affairs and that he might comfort your hearts. And so when we do have those men, and we hope on that Tuesday evening, um, October 4th, uh, having um, a fellowship meal beforehand, and hearing from them that we will uh, take up the ropes, as it were, the prayer ropes, and pray for them individually with knowledge and be comforted also in our own hearts. And may the Lord bless uh, his word to us. Let us close uh, in a word of prayer, please. It is wondrous to know, O Lord, as even if we look at that early church history in Acts 15, and knowing the rest of what thou hast done, and even through the Apostle Paul, and even the, the remaining 2,000 years of New Testament church history, that the Lord is still building his church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And Lord, we see that, and it has been the case. There have been the days of small things, and we think, we yes, we are also now in the day of small things in, in, in the Western countries. And yet, Lord, we know that thy church is being built in places that we would not have thought of, in, in China and India, in the Muslim countries, in South America. And Lord, it, it is amazing to see what thou art doing. And the Lord, that comforts our hearts to know these things and 
but to know of things even nearer home as these men we hope will come and we do pray lord that thou will grant journeying mercies to all that are intending to come here that they would arrive safely and that we may hear lord the good and the bad and that we might be encouraged to pray lord and to give thee all the honor and all the glory as we hear of these matters and so lord we do pray for thy blessing and help now upon the time of prayer lord we pray that thou would grant us thy holy ghost lord that we would be helped and lord that our when we we know O oh god that, our, that every petition is heard in heaven because we pray them and this in jesus name amen Amen. Oh,